Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good evening. Welcome to the Vibrarian Show. My name is Joelle, and yes, I am the Vibrarian. I am here to elevate, enlighten, and empower. I am so excited to be on the air to this evening and to be connecting with people over the airways tonight and then on the replays as the messages and vibrations that we create here together are going to continue to be passed along even after this moment. Now, I am here on the Vibradio Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, and the dial-in number is 646-787-8436. If you've got something to say, please do press the one and the pound. That lets me know that you want to come on the air, and I will get you on as soon as possible. I've also got the chat room open here on the page this evening, and we've got Facebook open as well. I like to call the people that I connect with the Good Vibe Tribe, right? So we know that we are always vibrating ourselves back to us, and so if you've got good vibes, you're going to get good vibes back. I would love to connect with you too, and I am on social media with at the vibrarian, and that is spelled T H E V I B E R A R I A N. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and I would love to connect with you. Now, if you see something that is positive and uplifting, informative that you think should be shared, please tag me or tag. Uh, good Vibe Tribe or Get Lifted, and I will do my best to push that message out as far as my reach goes so that other people are uplifted by it too. I think we do entirely too much sharing of negative and gossipy things and that there's always an opportunity to spread a little joy, sunshine, and encouragement. You never know when someone's going to need exactly that. So I'm here on Thursday evenings, and tonight is an open mic. Usually I'm talking about a specific subject, something that I've had in mind um, and that I've been doing research on, but tonight I wanted to just open the lines to talk with people about uh, anything really that you want to bring up on the plate here. So uh, it's going to be open mic, and if uh, I don't get any callers, and of course, I will just be sharing with you my experiences and, and information that I think is valuable to pass on. Of course, I uh, do encourage you to reach out and support the other people who are raising their voices in this now moment. And if you are challenged by any issues of isolation or ch- uh, challenged about what your future uh, might hold for you, please do reach out. Don't consider yourself to be alone. Even though we can't maybe get close to you for a hug, we certainly can extend the support uh, possible through our connections through other means as this time is giving us opportunity to. So for those of us who are listening to this at any point in time, just to give a small kind of 
recap as to where we are today. We are several months into a uh, global, what has been called a global pandemic, which is a uh, health outbreak that has occurred and swept across the globe and is now causing a great deal of uh, disruptions to uh, what once was our daily reality and certainly a lot of challenges for people who are encountering uh, not only the illness but the outs. Uh, the ramifications of all of this that is putting on our entire global society. So it's the middle of March in 2020, and here in Atlanta, Georgia, we are at a place where people have been encouraged to shelter in place, although it has not been as stringent as it has been in places like New York and San Francisco. Um, it certainly is uh, encouraging people to reduce their movement so that the spread of any germs and viruses can be contained. Now, there are lots and lots of things going on here. Um, I mean, uh, we could look at this from the metaphysical sense. We can look at it from the very real mundane sense. There's lots of angles. I'm definitely all about talking about things that are of high vibration, though. So we will definitely uh, try to keep things in a frequency that does not spread uh, any negativity or fear because ultimately uh, fear is a frequency disruptor, and the best thing that we can do for our energy is to keep as little fear out of our field as possible. So anyone who's listening on the phone line this evening, I appreciate you tuning in and those that are in the chat room as well. Thank you. If you want to come on and share a story, a tidbit, ask a question, or introduce yourself, please just press the one and the pound key, and that lets me know that you do want to be social. And if not, I'll leave you to listen, and I appreciate your time this evening. I'm just catching up on kind of the current events as I see them from my perspective, and tonight I wanted to just open the phone so that we could connect, and that is what people are doing all over the internet and also in ways in very real time. Um, I received uh, a text this week that was a forwarded message that was asking for people to help deliver 250 meals to elderly people, and they gave just an address and a location and asked people to come help. And I forwarded that information to people that I knew had available transportation, and of course, um, that's an it was a beautiful instance to me to see people just putting out a simple, using the network for something so simple. It wasn't a call to a charity. It wasn't a fundraiser. It wasn't a telethon. It was just a simple text that passed through people virally, person by person. And I would hope and think that those 250 elderly people were able to get their food and groceries. Now, some people say, oh, my goodness, well, now you had all those people going and touching all those people's food, and did they do the proper procedures, and was it safe? And I understand all of that, but the part of the energy that I prefer to focus on is the fact that people were going to receive assistance in a very real way in terms of somebody bringing something to them that they did not have the ability to bring themselves. And I'm sure that the people who participate in things like that and all of the people who are experiencing this this um, this 
wave that is going across the planet as a as a medical you know experience they are absolutely uh you know basically saying we want to serve we want to help those who are sick we want to help those who are in need um that's our first duty and we'll worry about our own health later i think it's very interesting because at the heart of it to me it shows that really all of us really do want to serve others when it comes down to it. And that is why when we see uh, people wounded, we reach out to help them. Um, When we see people struggling, we try to ease their struggle. If we see someone hungry, most people, nine times out of ten, will instinctively render aid to those who are in serious distress. I do think that our society had has reached or had reached a place where we had become somewhat callous to other people's injuries and needs, um, you know, such as um, boats of capsized refugees and and people who are, you know, displaced because of war. And we've kind of been, I think, showing a less compassionate side of our behavior or our, our compass. But when all of the stakes are shown to be interconnected, when I understand that my fate is connected to yours, that my health inevitably is connected to yours, um, me seeing about my neighbor and making sure that their well-being is is secure is just as important as my uh, making sure that my well-being is secure in terms of our overall collective health. And I think this is providing an interesting opportunity for people to really get a sharp pull on the internal compass that is showing you kind of who you are and who you want to be and behave like in this world at this present time. So, you know, it's it's very interesting times. There's a lot of things that are political that I'm not necessarily interested in talking about. Uh, there's lots of things that are very uh, controversial that, you know, want to be talked about. Uh, and there's plenty of forums and places for that. But what I'm really focused on is my individual self and the people around me and the people who are connecting me. What are you experiencing right now? How's your frequency? How's your vibration? Um, you know, what are you ex- foreseeing, experiencing, or anything that you wish to share? And, you know, where are you calling from is the other thing. So um, I do have a caller here to bring on the air. Uh, this is caller ending 8164. You're on the Vibrarian Show. Who am I speaking with? Okay, it's me, Monica. How are you? Oh, hey, Monica. You know you changed your number. I don't recognize it anymore. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> so, Monica, thank you. Where are you calling from? From Hotlanta, uh, okay. Douglasville in the house. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just really kind of chilling and trying to um, make sense of 
everything that is actually going on right now. It's it's really for me spiritually it's like the up and downs and trying to be cautious but also the energy is just so overwhelming. Um for me it's just like we see we we're going from one extreme to the next and you know just trying to find some kind of balance and being able to define how you feel at this specific time um for me I love history so I am reminded of so many different times in history where we have been in this exact place and really wondering um, how we are going to stop this particular generational behavior. You talked about the the desensitized um, mindset that we have somewhat adopted, and you see it. You know what I mean? It, you really, really see it now. Just in just some of the crazy things that um, people are doing and people are saying. But I think that's what scares me more than anything is those who choose to have voice. What are they really projecting out to help us move through this? You know, even a negative. So let's let's say here, what is being projected out, right? We are all in this collective consciousness. In the in the framework that I let me say, this is my framework. It's only mine, and other people have different frameworks, right? So, but uh, we uh, collectively create our reality by what we accept, allow, and put into the energetic. Uh, construct. Uh, now there's levels to that, and I would not say that it's all. Unfortunately, uh, it has been influenced. I w- in my, um, I would say, <laughs> to have more negative outcomes overall. Uh, that odds are not necessarily stacked in the favor <laughs> of us at this time, but I do believe that. So we hold an inherent responsibility, right? The shadow. Uh, is part of all of us. And so even though we may not personally feel like uh, we are not the individuals who are having these mindsets that result in this, but it, it may just be that we don't recognize the energy in ourselves in this particular circumstance. But let it be a different scenario. Like if we didn't have, say, uh, a boat of Sudanese people coming to land on our shore to where we felt we needed to turn them away. Like that's not our reality here, so maybe we can't connect with that and see why they would not be compassionate. But there might be a circumstance that would develop then in ourselves where we find ourselves then being protectionist too, especially when it comes to scarcity of resources, right? So the shadow appears in numerous ways, but it's the same energy. 
So when I see that energy then in myself, like if I feel like I need to hoard something or turn my back against another in order to to protect myself, then that for me is a personal warning that there's something going on that uh, why do I feel the fear? Why do I feel unstable? Why do I feel I need to do that? Because it really is not my true nature to to treat people as hostile. You know what I'm saying? As adversaries from that outset. I'm glad that you said that. Most people don't think of people as adversaries. Normally, it's when there's a scarcity or a problem, then that's what triggers people to divide and feel adversarial against each other. Yes, I'm glad that you – I'm really glad that you touched on that because even myself, the fluctuation – even in my mood, you know, there are some mornings, you know, just recently that I woke up and it was just such a heavy feeling and having to recognize, is this me or is this coming from somewhere else and or just, just being overwhelmed with tears or fear or anxiety and just trying to decipher, is this me? You know what I mean? Is this truly what I'm feeling? Or am I picking up some energy from someone else? And as I started getting those feelings and I started asking those questions, of course, the answers came back like, you're feeling a a collective, you know, Mm -hmm. of so many emotions right now. So, you know, learning how to ground myself or, like you said, switch the channel to go to someone else to kind of pull yourself up out of the energy or even change it itself. And I think that becomes – go ahead. Well, well, I would say we're absolutely sensate beings, right? We're meant to experience not only like our higher processing of what we experience, uh, what we're what we're living in terms of uh, thinking about it, planning about it, the mental awareness of our senses in action, but we're also very much biological. Uh, the human animal beings that we also have senses that are operating uh that you know the fight or flight the the core protective self and brain uh well it's not even brain it's like instinctual to protect oneself right so uh we're all operating um in a time of heightened sensitivity because we're experiencing a global change, a rapid and disruptive change. And that can look like anything. You know what I'm saying? That can look like a, a natural catastrophe. That can look like a pandemic. This can look like a September 11th. Rapid, instantaneous change where something goes from one way to completely another. That's what we're in at this particular time. You know, I think about like the Berlin Wall. When the Berlin Wall fell, it was like instant reality change for millions of people overnight. And that's kind of what we're now experiencing where all the legs have been kicked out from underneath us, you know, and now we have to find our balance. And we are now given opportunity to say rely on that internal self 
for that stability rather than those external structures that we had come to rely on, right? Oh, I definitely agree. You see that um, all throughout histories where we, all throughout history rather, where we've had moments of great intellectual change. We've seen that um, just to, to give a highlight time is within the civil rights movement where you had a massive change of mindsets, you know, and looking for, you know, looking at us for who we are now and accessing, assessing of what we want to be, you know, as a nation, um, as a collective. And we see through, again, throughout history where we have these surges of, intellectual movement of, of of advancement. I remember, um, I think it might have been us talking about, you know, children of indigo, and you have so much, so much going on right now spiritually. And we have been, I think that goes along with that um, desensitizing where, you know, I mean, we don't even sometimes recognize it until we're literally in it and then trying to figure out okay what what is talking to me what what is the message that is you know coming through what is my role in moving not only myself forward but moving the collective forward and it is during times like this where we as american even though we have a sordid sordid history we have shown ourselves to pull through. And I can't think of any better time right now that we need to really tap into that spiritual energy to create the world that we truly want. You know, we cannot ignore that we are more we're we, we are in a global economy. We um, cannot look at things just from uh, our country's perspective anymore, you know, and be selfishly, you know, we have to look at us collectively as a species. And I think the corona, you know, what we're dealing with right now really calls for us to look at the human species itself and make a decision. It's not just the human species, you know. So, you know, um, my, again, framework, because I believe we all have our own beliefs and systems and frameworks, and we don't all have to have the same one as long as there's a similar resonance that they can get along. You know what I'm saying? So that Mm -hmm. allows for an individual experience, which I deeply respect that we are all having, you know, But um, the idea of any kind of separation, like the the idea of a country or um, a denomination or a race or a economic, like anything that is of division and to distinguish or push people into categories is really... it has been used as a uh, means of suppression. 
divide and conquer. Now, we know the natural way of an organism, of a cell, is to divide and expand. So at a fundamental level, we are division in action, but we are division in a unified whole that is absolutely connected to all of the earthly manifestation of earth from the air to the water to what we ingest to what we emit to our frequency or electricity all of that is cellular division in harmony or it has the opportunity to be cellular division in harmony right but what we experience externally is a division of us into little cells disharmoniously Right, and if ever there is a you know an example of a virus or infection, it is really that of separating pieces of the whole to the point of harm. Right, if we've divided people by a country or a religion like Sunni versus Shiite, right, we've used this division right. of of cells to a harmful end that has killed hundreds of thousands of people, right? I mean, if you divide people into UGA versus Georgia Tech, you know what I'm saying? When you think of it as a friendly rivalry, right? But the idea of rivalry can easily turn ugly because we have rivals at work. We have rivals for affection, you know what I'm saying? Division that is unhealthy. So I think that now we can see that unifying, like uh, we may be divided more in terms of our distance while this quarantine is happening, but our collective closeness has an opportunity to reveal itself. And I think that there are a lot of people who are stepping forth into their space saying, yes, I'm not going to be fearing the worst and doom and gloom. I don't know what's happening, but, you know, it has to be something better coming up out of this for this to to happen like that. I don't know why this came to mind. I kind of do, but it's going to sound extremely corny. But I thought of Osmosis Jones. You remember the whole cartoon <laughs> with um, Chris Rock and Bill I don't remember Murray. the plot. And, mm-hmm. and he, uh, Larry, uh, Larry Fishburne was the virus, and he was wreaking havoc. And Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Rock was, you know, the the protagonist, and he was trying to figure it out. And you know, it told it. It really kind of explained how. Granted, there's different parts in the bodies that are, you know, there's a part that's in the hands, that's working the hands. There's a part that works the immune system. But it was the collectiveness of them working together that kept the body healthy itself. And when I think about, Mm -hmm. um, again, us as just as a human species full of several different cultures and varieties, I come back to that one body with everybody has their place, their section, and their part that they're working with, every single part is essential to the overall balance and health of the body. And, again, for me, it's like we have seen um, the things that has diseased or stunted our society within, like you said, division. And 
for me, I feel like it's been long enough. And I hate it that we have to have something drastic come into play for us to get back to the most simplest thing of all is that we need each other. You know what I mean? And we have to move together as one. Um, I read today a a wealthy woman in the UK spoke. She said, you know, the one thing that I'm learning now that this particular um, virus doesn't care if I'm rich. If I have all the money Mm -hmm. in the world and I can do this and I can do that, I'm still going, you know, I mean, I can still have the potential to die just like anybody else. My money means nothing to to the situation anymore. And it really made me think about getting back to, you know, the basics. But I just really hated that we have to constantly go through this you know, wake up call every so often, and I'm. But I, why? I but why I hate is, it? Why hate it though? And yeah, I mean, I you, you dislike the fact that we haven't. You, Go ahead. And you're just you dislike that we haven't evolved beyond this, or or what? You know. Yes, I think that that's it. It's I feel like we, you know. <laughs> The division that we still enjoy is also, you know, I mean, one of the hugest obstacles that we have in the complete evolution of just the mind, the body, and the soul. We're still looking through five senses instead of allowing our inner sight and our inner senses to help navigate us. You know, I'm not saying to go walk around with the world with your eyes closed, but there has to be a balance between that inner eye and what you see. Because, you know, you spoke of how we have become, you know, even in times like that, we become more compassionate and we reach out. And we, to me, that's a part of that inner eye. You know what I mean? Where we see beyond the superficial portions of it and we look into what that 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 human or that soul that's right there, what do you what do you need? What can I provide? You know what I mean? And I feel like, you know, for some people that's an everyday, you know, an everyday thing. You know, and for other people it really, really is a struggle and it's it's really the the foundation of it comes within our division. So I feel like, gosh, we should have been further along by now. Am I? So that's the. So here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. One of the conversations that, as as humans, part of our senses are are very uh, analytical and comparative. Like we size things up. We uh, we look at our eyes with distance and proximity, loudness. You right. know, we're always measuring, like our human body is m- measuring in order to be safe and to function in the world around us, right? So we're constantly measuring people around us and we're observing and criticizing. And we do that first and foremost with ourselves, right? But when we say mm-hmm. things, we should be further along, 
we should be better than this. We should be, right? All those kind of statements about should are somewhat of possibly unhelpful words. They, you know what I'm saying? They can be unhelpful words, right? Because then we right. dwell in the energy of the, well, it should have, I should have, I should have, I should have, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. But really, that beats up. That's like a weight in the energy, right? Um, yeah. So uh, rather than saying we should be further and lamenting the fact that we're not, then we just see, oh, my God, I see where we are, right? I don't sit there if my if my skirt has gotten stuck in my underwear when I leave the bathroom, I don't sit there like we. Sh- I should have pulled my skirt out before I walked out. Oh, my God, I should have, I should have, I should No, I yeah. just pull that skirt out. And then I might be embarrassed for a little bit, but then I fix it, right, in the now yeah. moment. So the concentration or, or on pulls it loose and you meet it, you meet it great. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so the should part is all I'm saying is that we got to temper that to say, you know what, the real is we see it now. We see there are problems. We see there are fissures. We see there are challenges, right? So we can't just keep saying, well, they should have, he should have, I should have. Okay, that's not necessarily helpful in the now moment either. So myself, I use that personally because I can tend to put expectations on myself and, yeah, that's kind of like, well, we expect society to really have done better than that. But, you know, we didn't expect there to be a Holocaust either. You know what I'm saying? We didn't yeah. expect there to be yeah, uh, slavery of people either. But, it, you know, humanity has been evolving. And what that has looked like has sometimes or, you know, not been as high vibration as it will be. That's the beautiful part is that we're getting to a ever, ever increasing frequency of this reality. And let me just say, one of our chat room uh, people said he didn't, they did not like that movie, Osmosis Jones. He wanted it to be known. (laughs) I said it was probably a bad example, but that's what came to mind, Osmosis Jones. But well, I, pre- I just appreciate the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> and the chat room is there, so I appreciate that. I wanted to let you know that he Oh, okay, yeah, it was like issue. mad gross. <laughs> <laughs> it was mad gross. So, but I feel the use and how that could be um, somewhat of a weight into, you know, really a weight into just sitting there and 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 judging but in a way I would hope that I think for me it would be yes I definitely need to change the word should but if that word should you know pushes someone into you know action and to say what can I do to you know help us you know, evolve or what can I personally do to help my neighbor or, or a friend or something or, or someone or even a stranger, you know, move on or see the evolution or um, usher in the evolution on individual basis of what I feel kind of should be there. And for me, this, this particular 
time, even though I get frustrated, and, and it's so easy to get frustrated. But the next question is, how am I helping to move it into that evolution? And like you said, a lot of times it it starts with us. You know what I mean? And even if it's like in that very moment, like, okay, like you said, no, I'm not going to use should. You know what I mean? Let's accept it for what it is. And I remember a long time ago, my mom had told me, you know, some people, you know, are just not meant to get it. And I didn't understand that then. And in my journey, I learned that, you know, everybody has an individual lesson. And everybody has a time and a contract that, you know, helps them maneuver so that they can so that they can individually evolve. And just in that sense, I can at times appreciate the opportunities to help someone get where I think they, for lack of a better word, should be, Mm. you know what I mean, or at least present information to help them get where they could be, you know what I mean? I know this really comes on an individual level to create change in a macro level. And we can see throughout history how there has been movement away from old ideologies and ushering in new ideologies. So it's we're I feel like we're constantly in a place of learning. And it can get, like, really hard and really get frustrating and, you know, having anything that I've learned today was having the right people around you, but also being okay with having those moments when you just don't know or you're just confused and, you know, and understanding that as well as, having the right people around you that can feed that energy or to feed you knowledge. I I see a lot of it that we're dealing with today is basically a lack of a lack of knowledge. And it's no, not lack of knowledge. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. Lack of knowledge. You know, it's lack of love. And generally, I would say uh, self-love, you know, is also really at the fundamental core. And that, you know, I believe it's because we we are, you know, dealing with that for a specific reason in this lifetime. I mean, if, again, my framework is probably a little alternate for some it's mine and it works for me, but, you know, I believe that we came here in this lifetime for this consciousness experience, uh, you know, uh, in order to be able to uh, shift the frequency that, that we've come here to be 
purposeful work, and though while it may seem hard and challenging, that we yeah. are actually equipped for it, and that our soul is experiencing this as a um, as school, if you will, and that uh, the end result is, you know, uh, moving into a frequency of love and light where all things are working in harmonious flow uh, for the good of the whole. So, you know, all mm-hmm. of the little things that are the growing pains and experiences of this and other traumas and societal changes are part of that evolutionary push, you know. And mm-hmm. my personal belief is that I am a frequency holder for the planet. Um, of course, that's a lot to do with the vibrarian, right? Um, so Ooh, the best thing that I can do is work on myself and find out what it is. If I'm dissatisfied, like on my job, I explored that and I went to see why was I not feeling right. If I was dissatisfied mm-hmm. and not feeling good in a relationship, uh, then I began to say, why am I not feeling right? Like go into the self to figure out why my my frequency is not optimal. And the more right. and more that I do that, then my frequency affects those around me, whether I try to or not. Like I don't have a save the world mission, right? But I save basically myself. <laughs> I bring myself out of whatever experiences that as my soul I've already experienced that might have wounded or caused me to live less than fully in love uh, with all that is. So as I am, you know, um, uh, relishing this experience of growth to expand myself, I understand that it is very ugly and very painful and challenging, but we are here for it. So a part of me, I'm not excited about illness or anything like that, but I'm very much uh, vibrating with the frequency of positivity and holding the space um, uh, for those around me to say, you know, this is the time to see where you are and what you're feeling and what you're doing. Take advantage of it because I guarantee you that for a lot of people, once this shifts into another gear, you're not going to want to get back in your car and commute an hour and a half have to work every day exactly. after you've been enjoying <laughs> exactly. not doing that and working from home, you're not going to want to go look in your cubicle farm when you've been able to look outdoors while you've been working. You know, so people who serve mm-hmm. you are going to be held in higher esteem because you're going to be dependent on them and their health and safety, which means you might actually mm-hmm. give them health benefits and you might actually give them right. the things that they need and the teachers that they need to be able to handle things that previously we took for granted or that's right. granted. We, yes, you know. we gave no credence to. And, you know, again, I definitely agree with you. It, it is love, but we have so many definitions and so many variations of what we define as love. You know what I mean? And I think that that's a knowledge that you know, uh, one of my uh, one of the songs that still touches me to this day is um, "Music Soul Child's Love," and the reason why it's so important to me is because the day that my father died, that was the song that was playing on the radio 
as I was riding in the car with all of my siblings, going to check on a house that my dad had brought that he was renovating to, you know, flip and put back on the market. And just the lyrics itself, it really, in that moment, there was a pure purity of love that I had for my father that I didn't even realize still existed. And, you know, you know my story and, um, you know, the hardships of my, you know, childhood and addiction and different things like that. And there were so many reasons and that the average person would say, you know, how could you love him so unconditionally? You know, and for me, that it wasn't even a thought. You know what I mean? It was beyond all the the surface things and all the things that he did. I felt he did wrong, you know, or all the things that I felt he that he caused more harm than good. At the end of the day, there was a love for him that was that was pure for me. And even though his soul released that day, it really made me just really look at what love meant to me and what unconditional love. And, you know, those are two different things because a lot of times love is attached to a list of rules. And where now, again, me... I say, <laughs> I mean, let's, I mean, well, let's get it. No, I'm giggling. I'm giggling because, listen, okay, so a couple weeks ago, let me say hello to my friend. The individual who talked about the movie was actually my friend and dear friend, Hypatia Althea Grace, down in Ecuador, tuning in. I love you so much. Uh, Thank you for continuing to shine your light every day on your YouTube channel, and that is uh, so Soul Whisperer, <laughs> the Soul Whisperer, if you all want to check her out, beautiful, shining a light down in uh, Ecuador and to the rest of us around the globe. So glad you were tuning in this evening. Uh, <laughs> so I had to pause and give that love out there, uh, you know, <laughs> for her. So uh, a few weeks ago, I went to an event that's here in Atlanta locally. As some of you know, I also host a show called The Psychic Inside Show, and on it, uh, I've interviewed many, many amazing people, and uh, one of the people's name is um, Scott Hall, and he's a local person here in Atlanta who's a psychic medium, and he actually channels, uh, channeling is when you receive messages and information um, through yourself and your senses from other beings, and I know that's probably a stretch for some people's reality to have that. Uh, mentioned, but it's it's not for mine. <laughs> so again, as I always say, it's in my framework. Uh, so I went to see Scott, who was having an event uh, over for, at the Center for Love and Light uh, over in um, in in town Atlanta, and he was giving a um, a presentation where he was going to be sharing wisdom from one of the loving beings that he works with, whose name is Ave, and it's uh, A V colon. 
which is very interesting. But um, I've been reading a lot of his blog posts, and, and the messages that he's presenting are very, very beautiful and high vibrational, so I wanted to go and have that experience. So it was a group, a small group of about 10 people, and as we got an opportunity after, um, you know, Ave was speaking to everyone, it was really a message about love and how there's no way that we could be unlovable, but most, many of us believe that we are unlovable and that we're incomplete. And so as we got an opportunity to ask questions at the end of the session, that was my question to them. I said, what is, how do I, you know, my feelings about people who love things versus people who love people, I, I you know, I, what is, how do we un- deal with that energy? Because to me, the love of things is part of the problem. And the response that he said was, love is love. Love is love is love. And so to instead of being in like a judgment position of saying that one kind of love is better than just acknowledging that whatever a person feels that is a loving frequency is love. And then, and I, you know, like we can say, well, love of money is the root of all evil, but you know, bad behavior is what is 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 bad behavior or evil, if you want to yeah. say. And people make bad behavior not for love necessarily, but generally due to lack of love, you know, lack of, yeah. of resources and challenges and lack of love and lack of integrity, and it's not uh, love that is causing that you know so if it, it's not necessarily i think this is my words of course I'm, I'm just explaining what i received it as but love is love is love is love and it's me that had the challenge with what love looked like and i needed to you know examine that in myself and in that moment it it really did help me to see that you know okay Love is love is love is love, <laughs> right? It, it does seem so simple, you know, and for me, you know, growing up and, you know, you two growing up in, you know, religious households, you know, one of the things that we were always t- told, you forgive like it's never happened. And, you you know, my mom was a real big thing on you know, the whole thing of unconditional love with that as the basis. But what we don't talk about is, again, what is love? We have been shown so many different types of love and been, you know, I don't want to say the word conditioned, but through um, experience, have have thought one way was showing someone love only to encounter something else to show that, you know, challenge that thought. So, you know, we talk about, um, what was it? uh, uh, I I might not be saying this word right. Agape? Agape. Agape love. And that's Mm -hmm. the love that you show, you know, someone else. 
and universal it's, it's love a, of God. Right. Yeah, and it's 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 such a beautiful. Helios is the love of brotherhood. Eros mm-hmm. is the you know erotic or romantic, but agape is the the in the biblical in the Christian sense, it's the love of the Lord or the love of God, a, a open-hearted love, complete. So. But again, do we know, you know, that's just like someone who has been, you know, in an abusive situation, but always told, but I love you, but I love you, but I love you. And just having, even if it's twisted sometimes, just having it, just hearing it may allow that person to accept that that's what love is. You know, whereas someone else looking at that may say, "No, that's not love," and and that's and that's on both parties, not just the one well, who is considered the victim, but the one who is considered the you know abuser for the simple fact that that may have been how they were shown love. We see many times that a lot we you know we have a lot of broken adults based off some of the issues that they had within their their childhood and trying to recon you know, trying to line it up to see where the break well, was. You know? Well so, so here's what was my real here's my really real right. While I am saying okay, that's an external, right? I say I love myself and I love my body. But I feed it things unlovingly <laughs> sometimes in my knees. Let me know, and my body is letting me know you're not being as loving as you think you are. You may take your sea salt baths and have all your pretty fancy soaps, right? <laughs> but that's a superficial kind of love. I need to learn, right? But guess what? I have been provided an opportunity through a challenging experience to understand what loving my body and myself can look like and what it may not necessarily look like. You know what I mean? Like, I love myself on a very fundamental level, but is my behavior the most loving that I could give to myself? I'm not sure, you know. So, But I, just, I know we're getting near the end of the chat today, and I really wanted to stress to everybody how important it is to hold a frequency of high vibration right now. And, uh, you know, another one of the things that I learned from Scott and the teachings that he was giving is to ask yourself in every present moment, am I safe? If you are safe, if you have, you're not sick and you're not uh, in harm's way, even if you're jobless at the moment, but you're safe, right, to please focus on that and tap yourself on the heart and say, you know, I am safe. And the thing is that we are all stepping forward with the gifts that we have. I've got a caller I'm going to bring on here in just a moment, actually, who is bringing his gifts to the world. We're called right now to shine our light, spread your happy vibe, call a neighbor, say hello to a friend through the window, step out on your porch, be friendly, hold the frequency and vibration of love and join with all the communities that are doing that. You know, I 
like I said, I am doing my part. And one of the things I'm doing every day at 1030 in the morning, I tune in on Facebook to one of my college friends, Laverio, DJ LV, who every day he spins music on his Facebook channel and Instagram. And it's the most happy group of people and energy that are gathering together, and he's just giving, right? So, like, when you give of your natural talents and gifts, the universe will absolutely give that energy back to you. So he's turned on his light, and he's shining it for everybody, and we're sharing it and passing the vibration. So anything that you do, I know that he would probably be playing music if nobody was listening, right, because he loves it. <laughs> you know, most of us are doing what we love. Am I right, DJ LB? Yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> you would be doing it even if no one was tuned in. That's the thing. Each of us is imbued with something that is a spark that we are in absolute joy when we do that thing. So every time LV gets on and spins for an hour and a half, he's giving of his time and his energy, but he's feeling joyful while he's doing that, right? And it's communicated out to everybody within his reach, but he's really just in his happy place, right? So all of us right now the best that we can do get to your happy place let people see you when you're in your happy place and then that will be viral and for them to be in their happy place and I have to assume that my neighbors LV are not necessarily appreciating my 10:30 a.m. beats and breakfast with you but they haven't banged <laughs> on the floor yet so LV what are you doing and overall how are you experiencing this shift in this amazing time that we're in can you talk a little bit about just what you're doing personally? Well, thanks for having me on, first of all. Um, I was surprised and very humbled that you asked me to be on your show, so thank you. Um, honestly, I wasn't really sure how this was going to work out, being a full-time DJ and a full-time musician, you know, being out and about amongst the people is my livelihood. And so, but I love to DJ. Like, I love music. And so, like you said, if nobody mm -hmm. was listening, I would still DJ. But I said, mm -hmm. well, I do have a platform. And so let me just go ahead and just DJ for the people who are who are stuck in the house. And it really just started last week. I said, mm -hmm. people are stuck in the house, so I'm going to spin house music. And so <laughs> that's how it started. And I just called it Beats and Breakfast. And the thing is, I wrote on my whiteboard maybe a year and a half ago. I wrote turntables mm -hmm. and tacos, and then I wrote beats mm -hmm. and breakfast. And I used to mm -hmm. do turntables and tacos maybe, uh, you know, periodically where I was DJing. It was an excuse for me to DJ and make tacos at the same time because if you know me, I can <laughs> eat tacos probably every day. <laughs> but beats and breakfast sat on my board and I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I was like, oh, I could go to a spot and maybe do an event or what have you. And then this, the whole coronavirus thing came up and everybody stuck in the house. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to call it beats and breakfast and do it every day at 1030. And like, I didn't have a, I didn't really have a plan. Honestly, it just, it just mm -hmm. started at 1030. And, and now it's turned into a thing where people are looking forward to, Beach and breakfast in the morning. Like, what are you uh -huh. going to play today? What do you What do you plan tomorrow? And a lot of times, absolutely, just just like right now, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I didn't I didn't know it would be the way it is 
now, but like the outpour of love and support has been mm-hmm. unbelievable. Like really, mm-hmm. it has, and you just never know who's watching you. You never know who's paying attention because so many people have reached out to say, man, this has been so depressing, but your music and your group and the, and the music that you play and your energy has been so, and so, you know, just full of vigor. Like I really appreciate it. And I'm just like, man, I'm just over here having fun. DJing. Exactly. Some people are like, exactly. I'm over here like depressed, like I'm stuck in the house. And now, like you said, like I said, it's something they look forward to. And now it's something I look forward to. And so it's, kind of a blessing for me also because for a while I just kind of been on cruise control DJing wise mm-hmm. just kind of like uh, it's mm-hmm. the same old same old and people people get desensitized to the DJ mm-hmm. just be out in the club so it's like oh I'm the club or oh, it's the VIP oh it's the bottle service and like mm-hmm. the DJ is like the last thing to mm-hmm. to make a difference or whatever but uh, me coming up it was about the DJ it was like man what you gonna play mm-hmm. because the DJ could play mm-hmm. a song no one ever heard before and if it felt good, and make like, it a oh, bank, like make that. it a hit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I feel like that time is is coming back, but even more so right now. I look forward to to DJing to the people and for people to join. And it's, what's interesting, my son asked me yesterday. He said, "Do you like DJing out and about amongst the people, or do you like it, you know, online?" And at first, I was like, mm. "You know, the people, the energy is great, you know." and they come up and it's good. And, you know, it's it's that social interaction. And then I thought about it and I said, you know, maybe like a couple minutes later, I said, you know what? I I was sitting here thinking about it. And I think I like the online part, maybe just a little bit more because now you have everybody's undivided attention. Like people aren't Mm -hmm. conversing and people aren't like running to the bar. Mac and whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so you have their attention. And then you're playing songs that they want to hear and stuff that that they're like, oh, I remember where I was when this came out. Or, you know, it takes everybody somewhere. And so that's the the best part of it. So. See, I love that too because you have your son on there with you, and I want to let our listeners know. See, many of us have been primed for this, and we didn't even know exactly what we were doing. But you have an organization that you started that is absolutely service-focused, and it is Cool Dads Rock. And I I connected (laughs) with that a few years ago when your video was out because I'm daddy. I thought that was the best, most positive Thing, uh, to see out there because that's another thing that our generation is doing is we are correcting the fatherless children and providing that role for that. And you are doing that with Cool Dads Rock. Would you share a little bit with the listeners about, you know, your initiatives and that? Sure. I mean, I'd love to. Like, I say Cool Dads Rock is where we make uncool dads cool and cool dads even cooler. <laughs> But the mission of the organization really is building better relationships with fathers and their children. And it was based upon the relationship that I have with my son. And if you know me, like you know that I've mm-hmm. raised my son basically on Facebook, and no one knew his name forever. You know, I just called, <laughs> I just gave him initials, which was AB, only because mm-hmm. when he was born, Facebook was new, social media was new, and I really wasn't trying to put him out there, his name. Mm-hmm. So if they, said A B, 
well, no one in our family calls him AB. No one else, mm-hmm. you know, not at all. So he would just keep moving like, you don't know who I am. So, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. now he's like, I know exactly who AB is. And, you know, he embraces that and he, and he loves it. But people have watched him grow up on Facebook mm-hmm. and, and other social media outlets. And just our relationship, people would know where we were, where we were at the studio, where we were at the park where we were playing basketball, where we were, whatever we were mm-hmm. doing. And so mm-hmm. I would get messages and inboxes saying, man, I love your relationship with your son. You, you know, mm-hmm. you inspire me to be a better father. And I'm like, that's a lot. To me, that's a lot because mm-hmm. I'm, I just feel like I'm over here having fun with my kid. But like I said earlier, you just See? never know who's watching and never know who's paying attention. You, but then I said right. to myself, I know some other guys that are great dads and they may not post all their stuff like on social media, but that doesn't take away from what they do, you know, as far as being fathers. So I've just created a page um, called cool dads rock and cool dads rock came from uh, me posting out to one of my buddies who was going through a custody battle with his daughter. And I just said to him, Hey man, keep being that bright light to your daughter. Everything's going to be good. Hashtag cool dad's rock and didn't think anything of it mm. until later mm-hmm. on that day, you know? And so mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. that's when the whole, I was like, well, let me put some of my other friends on this page that are good dads. And then I would tag them. And so then their friends would mm-hmm. see it and be like, oh yeah, Eric, you are a great dad. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Michael, mm-hmm. you're an excellent dad. And it just kind of snowballed and built from that. And so we just start, I was like, well, let's turn this into a nonprofit organization and create different events to where it'll give chances for dads to spend that quality time or something to do with their kids. And we came up with the Soapbox Derby initially. And um, what mm-hmm. I realized the Derby really was just a, was a platform because it's all the time leading up to the Soapbox Derby. So, you know, you have to design your car and you got to go to Home Depot and buy the wood and all, all your stuff and come back home and you're cutting. But all that leading mm. up to the time, that's just logging hours and hours of time and memories that kids will, will never mm-hmm. forget. So when you get to the derby and they push you off the, the ramp and the dad <laughs> is running down with this joyous look on his face and the kids got the serious, I'm not trying to crash look, you know, and they get to the bottom <laughs> of the hill and he jumps out and he runs back to the dad, you know, and they embrace uh-huh, like, look at uh-huh. what we did. Like that's, oh. that's incredible. Like that's the best thing in the world. And so yes. that's what we built the organization off of was the soapbox derby. But we also have a father legal assistance forum for dads that don't know their rights that are trying to get more time with their children, whether it's with visitation, whether it's with child support and all those other things that they don't know when it comes to the legal side. We also do a a, a um, Thanksgiving initiative where we go out and we feed the the uh, the less fortunate, uh, we invite them to uh, a church facility, and we just tell them to come out. And eat. we used to go to the park, and I, I got that idea from my grandmother because she used to feed the homeless for 30 years out in Oakland, mm-hmm. and she used to make mm-hmm. she didn't make us go out there, but we would go out there and we would see other kids out there, and we'd be like, why are they why are y- why are y'all in the park? Mm-hmm. Y'all should be at home, but they're homeless. And so mm-hmm. what it did it it showed us that we should be thankful for for what we have and don't take that for granted. And so I wanted to extend that same opportunity for other dads and their children to do the same thing. So that's another thing. And then we do like an awards gala where we honor fathers across the city of Atlanta. And mm-hmm. it's a fundraiser mm-hmm. for the, for the organization and it's a celebration for fatherhood. And so 
uh, that's just a few of the things that we do. I mean, clearly I can talk on and on about it. <laughs> I mean, but it's amazing because here I hear you talking about a generational inheritance of service to others. Uh, I know you were on an earlier event that you had with your uh, release that you were putting out, so you missed the first part of the conversation. But we were talking about that compassion being triggered that has you serve others rather than push them away as an adversary, you know. And so for you to talk about from your grandmother on down to now, that service to others orientation is what is, it's already been activated in you, but now even in times like these, your service to others is activated, but you're in absolute joy, right? Like, so uh, the thing is, we're not necessarily meant to toil and labor and sacrifice and martyr ourselves. We're really just supposed to be our happy, happy little whatever makes you do your thing. Maybe cooking and cooking puts you in your happy place. It might be writing or drawing. There's something that really does put you in your happy place that's your gift. And that right. when you do it, then the universe loves your your energy, your vibration, right? Like you, God doesn't imbue gifts for them to not be used for everyone, right? But you're first experiencing yes. your gift yourself. So I know Michael Jordan would be shooting hoops whether he's in paid for it or not. That's how I knew you would be playing music and hearing songs in your head and probably tapping drum beats on the counter on a constant basis because music is a love that you have and so this is a perfect example perfect example of how you're effortlessly turning on your light right and shining it letting other people see it if they want to see it cool if they don't want to listen that day no harm no foul it's not your blend you know what i'm saying and i'm always telling people i'm always telling people it's about positive energy exchange, right? So we're entering into a time and place when the economic structure of payment and finances and bills, it's going to be very challenged for people, you know, and you're not asking for any kind of a compensation. I'm sure that pretty soon all the concerts that we're watching free with all the celebrities are going to go behind a paywall because that's what the celebrity thing does, right? It puts things out of access and you pay to access those things. But for the simply talented everyday people who are out here giving freely, you're not trying to close it and put it behind a paywall, but there absolutely is an energy exchange going on. So part of it is that love that everybody's giving you with the positive comments and feedback and you're getting that vibration the whole time of everybody just like, yes, yes, just like in the club, right? but also the economics of financial donation or barter, you know, increasingly trading of services in kind from like the vitamin, you you know, you've been at a vitamin shop, you've been doing uh, yoga, you know, I mean like yoga studios, and I'm sure you've been out in lots of places providing your services in exchange for barter. It doesn't always have to be money. So, uh, you know, I'm always happy to push out to tell people support him positive energy exchange and anybody else I see that's out there giving something even an encouraging word but you know if you've got time and I've got something I can give you in exchange for what you just gave me then I'm all about passing it on because that is the abundance that we have from creation 
it's not coming from Joel's pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like what you're giving is right. not coming from LV's pocket. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're right. like, I was right. only right. going to give y'all an hour, and I've been on here an hour and a half, right? And the time oh, yeah. flies, and people are like, like yeah. people are like, don't stop. You don't stop. You're like, wait a second. I can't spend for y'all 12, eight hours a day, 12 hours a day, you know. <laughs> But um, now you just did release a new song, right, on your Not So Lost and Found is the album that you've kind of been uh, sending us out, little peaks of. I have. I have been. So I put one out last week called Overdue, and it was uh, featuring a young lady named Kisa. And these are all songs that I produced and, and recorded, but, like, they're at least... 10, 12, 13 years old, but they sound so current, and I just never put it out. That's why mm-hmm. I put the, that's why I named it the Not So Lost and Found, you know, because they're really not lost. And when again, mm-hmm. when I was thinking about it today, it's like I just finally found the courage to to say, you know what, let me just put this out here, regardless of of what I think or people might like or might not like. You won't know unless you put it out. And so the song last week was called Overdue. The song I did tonight what's called Move On, uh, featuring a young lady named uh, Malik One. And I'll have those available for download uh, probably this weekend. And I'm going to give them away free. Okay. Well, I enjoyed the overdue. That was I was like, that's from 2008. Lord, that sounds like it's from right now. But everything <laughs> that just goes to show that the seeds that we are given, that was a creative seed. That was more than a seed. That was a little pot, potted plant. You know what I'm saying? But the fruit sometimes yeah. doesn't bear in the season we think it's going to. But nothing is ever lost. So I'm glad you're uh, bringing out those singles. I can't wait to hear the next one. And I'm very glad you are tuned in and checked in to let us know about, you know, your frequency of and your motivation and a peek inside your mind and heart tonight. And, I, again, everyone who's listening this evening, I have a little personal watch party on my, my regular page. I haven't figured out how to do the watch party on my a business page yet, but in the meantime, you can catch uh, it's L A V E R I O and then middle name I know D J L V. But th- and if you start <laughs> typing that, Facebook will figure out who he is, and all of your if you streams just put in, are I know public. DJLV, it'll come up, right? Yeah. And all of your streams are public, and the replays are available. If you click down through uh, the public side of his profile, you can see the old mixes. I really want to get some mixtapes of some of, the, some of the ones that you did last Friday was off the chain. But um, oh my god, I, I can't um, even. I, that was so incredible. It's all blurring together, right? Because <laughs> you've been right. having like it which is. day, it which is. music was it, right? Um, right, I'm trying but, to figure uh, out what's tomorrow. <laughs> it'll come to you because you know what? You are giving people what they need and trust yourself, right? Because whatever you pick is going to be what the people who tune into you need to hear in that moment. You know, when you are trusting yourself and picking this and picking that, you're the mixologist, you're making our cocktail, you're our musical doctor. Everything going to be all right. Now, I am going to shamelessly plug for you need to let us know when Prince Day is going to be. 
in advance, <laughs> like two days it's in advance on I the will. Prince party. Because <laughs> that's going to be huge best. to have a uh, Prince. <laughs> but, um, but I want to thank you, LV, for calling in and for, again, your time that you're giving everyone. 10.30 a.m. I know DJ LV on Instagram as well. Please tune in and take a listen because it's going to be a good time. I'll be out there listening too. So thank you, LV. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. It means more than you could ever imagine. So thank you for everything that you've been doing. Oh, sure. And I'll get you the replay. The replay goes up on the Vibrary YouTube channel, and I'll have it up on Facebook as well in about the next 24 to 48 hours. So those of you who might be listening on iTunes, thank you for catching in to the podcast. And uh, um, I appreciate everyone who has uh, called in and listened on the phone lines this evening, everyone who's been in the chat room. I know my friend from Ecuador had to sign off, but she has been tuning in to some of your beats and breakfast too. LV because I sent her a oh, wow. link the other, day, wow. the other day. You're global, yes. yes. So, But uh, Monica, thank you so much for tuning in this evening and for contributing your always deep thoughts to the conversation and uh, to the rest of you out there. Huh? No problem. I appreciate you, bro. I was in a bad place the other day and you pulled me right on up there with them 80s. I had the whole rock rock. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, we, I appreciate that. We, we had 80s pop. We got 80s rock coming up at some point. And, uh, yep, you're uh, yeah. right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but uh, to each of you this week, I, definitely I'm turning my light back on. The podcast has been silent for a while, but I do have some new episodes of the Psychic Inside show coming up on Tuesdays at 8 p.m., and I'm going to be interviewing some awesome and phenomenal, amazing people who have really wild gifts, and it's always an interesting thing to hear their stories. I'll be back next week on Thursday, same blog talk channel, same blog talk time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be another open mic. We're going to continue to open up and encourage conversations and connections. So to each of you, I absolutely wish that this week you have all of the blessings that you can possibly hold and that those blessings spill out from your arms to bless the world around you. The light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste.